Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod, coming at you with our full Week 12 preview recording on Thursday morning. Happy Thanksgiving to both you gentlemen, but uh, just keep that in mind when we're going over these matchups and going over the injuries. We don't have uh, quite as clear of a picture on things as we normally would recording on a Friday afternoon, so... Uh, we'll do our best uh, at this point in time, but we do not have all the information. So definitely keep yourself, uh, you know, tuned in to the injury news, especially. That's going to be kind of the key here. Hit us up on these, social uh, these matchups. if uh, injury news drops and you, you know, want to hear our opinion on a start-sit decision. Hit us up in the DMs. You know, comment on the post on Facebook or Twitter or. Anything like that, we'd be happy to help you out. Kind of behind the eight ball here, there's going to be a lot of injuries we don't really know the full extent to, so bear with us. But like I said, hit us up on social. We'd be happy to help you out if there's any uh, you know specific questions you have. Yeah, and be sure to check out those time codes. If you don't have time to listen to the whole podcast, we are laying out uh, everything for you. Uh, so if you have a specific game you need to listen to, definitely uh, just jump right to that, and that is going to be an easier way to, to do it for you instead of just listening to the whole thing if you don't have time. So I do have some news to get to, uh, a lot of quarterback changes this week, uh, and then I do have a few injury updates, but again, uh, don't have the clear picture on a lot of these, so you're just going to have to keep yourself uh, informed. But... Jumping into the news, Zach Wilson benched in favor of Mike White this week in the wake of his uh, comments after Sunday's game, uh, saying that he did not let the defense down, even though he scored three points and his offense had 103 total yards. Um, I think this is the right move for the Jets at this point. They're six and four. I think if they were, you know, four and six or three and seven, they would just ride it out with Wilson uh, because, you know, they don't really have any reason not to, but they're a winning team. And they've got to get someone in there that can move the ball a little more effectively than Zach Wilson. So hopefully Mike White can do that. I think he will be a pretty big boon in value to at least Michael Carter. And then we'll kind of see the other options. You're probably just going to have to let it play out. But hopefully he can provide some competent QB play. I think we'll get into a more extended discussion when we actually get to that Jets game. Davis Mills, similar situation here. He was benched for the Houston Texans. Just really has not shown anything this year in the way of improvement from his promising rookie year. So Kyle Allen will get the start on Sunday. Not sure what the situation is rest of season, but I would expect Allen to start at least a few games. Sam Darnold will start this week for the Carolina Panthers. He replaces Baker Mayfield. Um, obviously, just did not show anything in a Panthers uniform. So hopefully Sam Darnold can rejuvenate some of those uh, auxiliary options in Carolina. The Bucks. Uh, this is another piece of news that I saw, will ride the hot hand in the running back room. That's not great news for Leonard Fournette or Rashad White owners. You're probably just you know, going to be playing them and hoping that they are the guy that week. But um, you know, we'll see how it plays out uh, this Sunday. Uh, Leonard Fournette still questionable with that hip injury, so keep an eye on that. The Jaguars claimed Daryl Henderson off waivers from the Rams. Uh, we'll get into an extended discussion of what this means for Travis Etienne when we do the Jaguars game later on. Matthew Stafford already ruled out for Week 12, so it will be Bryce Perkins against the Kansas City Chiefs. Good luck, young man. Mike Williams was a do-not-practice on Wednesday. I would expect him to miss at least this week with that re-aggravation of the ankle. Uh, but again, just keep yourself up to date on the practice reports. I don't have the full picture uh, recording early Thursday. Justin Fields, torn ligaments in his left shoulder. Still has a chance to play this week. He's day-to-day -day at the moment. Uh, was a dislocation, so... Hopefully they can uh, shoot him up with some painkillers and he'll be all right. But uh, it probably makes more sense for the Bears to at least give him a week. Uh, honestly, at 3-8, and eight, they're not uh, worried about contending this year. So I would expect him to miss a week, especially considering what that line is at right now. 
Jamar Chase expects to play in Week 12. Uh, another one you need to keep an eye on, but I would say you can put him in your lineups for now. Kyler Murray, he was actually taken off the injury report last time I saw, so he is good to go. He will play in Week 12. Uh, Juju practiced full, practiced in full on Wednesday. Uh, concussion protocol, so he's going to have to clear that. Even if he practices in full, doesn't mean he's going to play for sure. So keep an eye on it. But he uh, looks like he is at least preparing to come back. Kadarius Tony on the same team. He sat out Wednesday's practice. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to turn around and play a week after injuring that hamstring, especially in a game where the Chiefs are favored by, I believe, 15 and a half last time I checked. So I think Tony will sit this week, maybe even another. Yeah, I don't think there's really much of a reason for him to play this week against the Rams, uh, even if he is starting to feel better. Might as well get that hamstring fully healed up before uh, bringing him back out. So, um, yeah, really the rest of these, I mean, the quarterback changes are all, you know, at least some fresh uh, faces out there for some of these wide receivers. You know, you got Garrett Wilson, you got Michael Carter that could be affected, uh, Brandon Cooks, maybe Nico Collins, obviously DJ Moore. So, uh, quite a bit of change that, you know, hopefully is becomes a positive for some of these fantasy options. Yeah, uh, like uh, like you said before the pot started, it seems like a lot of shuffling of mid-level quarterbacks, but hopefully uh, it rejuvenates a couple of those uh, auxiliary options on those offenses. We'll just see how it plays out. Let's go ahead and jump into the games, boys. we got a lot to get to. No buys this week. Uh, obviously a few games taken away on that Thursday slate, but... Still a lot to get to on Sunday. We're starting here with Tampa Bay at Cleveland. Tampa Bay favored by three and a half points on the road. Over under only 43 points. I was a little surprised to see it that low. Uh, might make its way onto the best bets uh, later on this week. But starting on the Tampa Bay side, I think Sam Brady's a solid start. He's a low end QB1. This, this Browns defense has been pretty consistently below average against basically both the pass and the run. So the only concern here is Miles Garrett, really. If he uh, you know, dominates this Buccaneers offensive line, that could be a problem for Brady. But if they're able to protect him, I think he'll be just fine this week. As I uh, mentioned earlier, the running backs are going to be a headache most likely moving forward. That's Rashad White and Leonard Fournette if they actually go with the hot hand approach. Uh, I think they're both probably lower end RB2s considering uh, the volume that they're going to get. Liked what I saw from their commitment to the run uh, on the game before the bye, but uh, I am a little bit worried about that hot hand thing. I never never liked that from a fantasy perspective. It's just very hard to predict who's going to be playing better in a certain week. Cody, uh, do you have any insight for me on these Bucks running backs that uh, I don't have myself? Uh, probably not too much here. I think White's going to be the guy you want. Um, I think he's going to get more volume, but probably similar to the Cowboys situation. I think once they get around the goal line, it's going to be Leonard Fournette's, uh, job as long as he's healthy and, you know, doesn't just fall off a cliff or anything. So I do think they're going to be a headache. I feel like it's the Cowboys situation, but they just don't have their roles ironed out yet. So I, I feel like it's like that situation, but I can't, I'm not 100% confident in that, but um, for this week, I mean, if I had Leonard Fournette, I'm probably not going to, tr- I'm going to try not to play him. Uh, obviously he got hurt in Germany. They had the bye week and I believe he may be listed as either doubtful, maybe questionable, but, um, probably looking to avoid him this week. And then I think Rashad White's going to be the guy that you want to, you want to play if you have him rostered. Yeah, hopefully that injury gives us a little clarity. Uh, maybe they will sit Fournette for a week and White can uh, establish himself as the guy, but we'll see how it plays out. You're just going to be crossing your fingers most likely if it's both of them. Yep. Um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both in your lineup. 
And then uh, I don't think we're looking for a tight end pivot in this game with Cameron Breit back. Him and Kate Otten split uh, work pretty evenly uh, the week before the bye, so I expect that. I would expect that to continue, and both are pretty much non-options in fantasy. Anything else you want to add on the Bucks? Nope. I think we're good. On the Brown side, uh, I actually don't mind Jacoby Brissett as a streamer this week. Uh, again, the, the the Buccaneers have a pass funnel offense. They are tough to run against. Uh, Cleveland will try either way. That is just a big part of their offense. But I think Brissett will be pretty necessary in this one. Um, I think, uh, especially in two quarterback leagues, you can throw him in there. But even if you're in a real big pinch, in uh, you know if you're a Justin Fields owner and there's not much out on the wire, you can go to Brissett and feel uh, at least somewhat confident he's going to get you to 20 points. Um, the running backs, as I said, it's a tough matchup, but Nick Chubb is too good to sit, so he's definitely in your lineup. But I am avoiding Kareem Hunt at basically all costs. You're going to get seven or eight touches against one of the best run defenses in the NFL, so that's just not a great combination for me. Um, Wide receivers, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones should both be solid plays. Uh, I like Peoples-Jones a lot more if Njoku sits. He actually did not practice. That David Njoku is, uh, did not practice on Wednesday, a week after returning from his ankle injury. So he might have had a, a setback there on Sunday. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, I think Cooper obviously is a, a solid wide receiver too. He's definitely in your lineup. But Peoples-Jones we can have uh, a little bit of a temperature check on. Would you rather play DPJ or Adam Thielen against the uh, – the New England Patriots on Thursday. Yeah, I think I think I would just go ahead and go with Donovan Peoples Jones. I, I am worried about the um just the overall offense against New England on Thursday. And then DPJ or Traylon Burks against the Bengals. Ooh. Uh Man, that, that one's pretty tough. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously Traylon Burks rest of the season, no question there. If I had to get a win this week, I think I'm still going Traylon Burks, but just slightly over him. I like what I've seen out of Donovan Peoples-Jones over the past few weeks. He's he's getting more involved, and he's looking really good with his targets. Yeah, it could be interesting to see how he plays once Watson comes back. Uh, we'll, we'll just uh, that Everything's probably going to change quite a bit in this Cleveland offense, but... Uh, he has shown himself to be a, an important uh, part of it uh, for the past five or six weeks at least, so hopefully that continues for him. As I mentioned earlier, David Njoku uh, what did not pl- practice on Wednesday, a little concerning coming off that return from his injury. Uh, he's a low-end tight end one if he plays. I kind of just want to see him healthy and playing a full uh, allotment of snaps before I trust him again, but tight end is really rough, so it's going to be hard to avoid him if he's in. If he's in. Yep, I agree with you. I think it's you're you're not going to want to have to drop someone you're stashing to pick up a different streaming tight end to play over in Joku. Yeah. So I think he's locked into your lineup, but still a little risky. I feel like he can definitely bust, uh, you know, coming off that injury. But I still think he's probably better than the streaming options out there. Bengals at Titans is our next game. Cincinnati favored by two and a half on the road in this one, a rematch of the divisional round uh, from earlier this year. Over under 42 and a half on the Cincinnati side. We're starting Joe Burrow. He's on fire right now. Uh, He's going to get his main man back in Jamar Chase, we hope, as well. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan is likely going to be the starter this week after the concussion to Joe Mixon uh, a week ago. So it's a tough matchup. Tennessee is the number one run defense uh, in the NFL, both from a yards per carry perspective and from a fantasy points perspective. So tough matchup, but P. Ryan uh, has some chops in the receiving game as well. So I think he will volume his way to a decent day at the very least. He's a solid RB2 play until Joe Mixon comes back. 
Uh, do you have anything to add on P. Ryan or Burrow, Cody? No, I, I was just going to ask you, have you seen anything about Joe Mixon? Because I know just looking on fantasy apps, like P. Ryan is still projected points-wise as if he's going to be the backup this week. I know Joe Mixon's projected points, but listed as questionable. I just wasn't sure. Are we like 100% sure Joe Mixon's missing at least this week? Um, I honestly, with the new concussion protocols, anytime someone picks up a concussion, I just go ahead and assume they're going to miss a week. It's going to be really hard for anybody to turn around and play, especially after having a diagnosed concussion with these new protocols. So I think you yeah. can pretty much put it in the books that he's not going to play this week. Um, I think it's more of a formality if the you know the projections haven't changed yet. Uh, looking up uh, this report real quick, he did sit out practice on Wednesday. So, yeah, I would be very, very surprised if Mixon plays this weekend. I think it's going to be P. Ryan. Chase yep. and Higgins are both in. The Tennessee Titans, similar to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have a very pass-funnel-heavy defense. They uh, they make you throw on them, and the Bengals will have no problems doing that if they have Chase and Higgins in. Uh, both of them are very good starts. Hayden Hurst, I'm completely avoiding if Chase sits, um, or excuse me, I'm completely avoiding if Chase is in, uh, and then even if Chase sits, I think I am uh, trying to find another option. He did not come through for us last week. We thought it would be a good profile uh, with that Steelers pass rush, but Hurst did not have a good game. I think we're just avoiding him at this point. Yep, I'm right there with you. On the Tennessee side, Ryan Tannehill, he's a two QB league option, not uh, you know, not gonna pivot down to him in a one quarterback situation, but I think this game, you know, they're gonna have to score some points and the Bengals defense is solid but not unbeatable. So Tannehill's a fine option in a two QB setting. Derrick Henry's obviously in your lineup, and then Traylon Burks is the guy that uh, we will have a small discussion about. It's definitely risky. I know it's only one week uh, after coming off that good game against Green Bay, but we've talked about it all year. This Tennessee Titans team has been just dying for a number one option, and I think Burks might be able to provide that in the back half of the year here. So let's go ahead and get a temperature check on Traylon Burks, Cody. Would you rather play Traylon Burks against the Cincinnati Bengals or DJ Moore against the Denver Broncos with Sam Uh, Darnold coming back? We're going uh, Traylon Burks for sure. You know, I love playing DJ Moore or with you, Cody. I'm going to get you at some point today, but uh, we're going to go Traylon Burks or Deontay Johnson against the Colts. I'm also going to go Traylon Burks. Deontay Johnson's oh. been getting, you know, six or seven, you know, targets a game, and they're not really valuable targets at all. So uh, Deontay Johnson's a tough start for fantasy. I know we'll get to him when we get there, but I'm going Traylon Burks for sure. Traylon Burks or Christian Watson against the Eagles. Oh, okay. Uh, that one's pretty close, but that's also because I just love Christian Watson from these past two weeks. Um, I think I'm going to go Traylon Burks for this week. I like the matchup with Cincinnati oh, wow. just a little bit more than, uh, you know, Christian Watson against Philadelphia. You know, I, I don't know. I could see Aaron Rodgers getting bothered by the pass rush a little bit. So I, I still like Christian Watson. I do think that he's playable, but I, I do think that, you know, there's, there's going to be a coming back to earth moment for Christian Watson and, you know, prime time against the Eagles or a big game against the Eagles is a perfect time for that to happen. So I, I still like him. I still like his prospects rest of the season. It's just, I feel like he's, he's got to come to earth, come back to earth a little bit. Last one here, Devonte Smith or Traylon Burks, Devonte Smith in that same game against the Packers. Yeah, I think I got to go Devonte Smith there. Just overall okay. better, better offense. I think he's, you know, obviously with Goddard out, he's for sure the second option now. So I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Devontae. Good. I wanted to find that line for us. So uh, just below Devontae Smith, we like Traylon Burks quite a bit moving forward. Yeah, and I definitely this week do. As well. 
Austin Hooper is, I guess, on the radar now after scoring two touchdowns, but he's a back-end boomer bust tight end uh, or touchdown option. I, I hope that we uh, have better pivots, and maybe, you know, if he can establish himself a little bit further, uh, we can look to him later this year, but trying not to start Austin Hooper. Houston at Miami is our next game. Miami favored by 13.5 points at home over the Texans, over under 47 points. On the Houston side, as I mentioned earlier, Kyle Allen will be getting the start here. Um, things can't get much worse from where they were with Mills under center, so hopefully he can improve some of the uh, auxiliary options, but it's going to be tough to trust in his first game. Damian Pierce is really tough to sit, but uh, on paper this is not a great matchup. We saw what happened last week when he faced that uh, you know, that good Washington front seven. It was a complete dud, so I'm not saying that that's going to happen again, but I'm saying that it is definitely on the table. So, Cody, uh, let's get a couple names here and see where we're at with Damian Pierce. Uh, would you rather start Damian Pierce or Miles Sanders against the Packers? Oh, I think I have to go Damian Pierce. Um I don't mind Miles Sanders, but I, I don't I don't have to worry about Kyle Allen stealing Damian Pierce's touchdowns or red zone opportunities. Damian Pierce or David Montgomery against the Jets? Oh, I think oh the Jets, that's a tough matchup. Uh um I think I I think I'm just gonna go Damian Pierce, but very, very slightly. Damian Pierce or Jeff Wilson in the same game. Hmm. Oh, man, that one's tough. I, I think I'm still just slightly on the Damian Pierce side, but that, that's, I mean, the David Montgomery, Jeff Wilson line is kind of where he's fallen to. So the fact that, that I'm even hesitating and having to think that one out should tell you enough as to where Damian Pierce is, I think. Fair enough. I think you have a little bit more confidence in Pierce this week than I do. I'd probably go uh, Wilson for sure over him in this game, and then maybe even Sanders as well. I just like that matchup against the Packers yeah. defense. They have. I have a lot of Damian Pierce, so it's easy so for I. me to have a bright, <laughs> so a bright like prospect on him. So yeah, I'd, if you if you are evaluating this and you don't like him this week, then definitely don't be afraid to sit him. I just I have him in a lot of leagues where I'm stuck playing him, so I probably you know have a little bit of hope for him. And then uh, the wide receiver options here, I think they have an opportunity to maybe improve over where they were with Davis Mills under center, but who knows how Kyle Allen's going to split up the targets here. I think you're really trying to avoid these guys. It's it's tough because this Miami matchup is one of the best on the books for wide receivers. They have been really giving it up to uh, opposing wideouts, and Miami just scores a ton of points, so puts you in a position to throw the ball, but I would be hard-pressed to trust either of these guys. Would you rather start Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins if you were forced to this week? Yeah, if I'm choosing out of one or the other, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks, uh, just the veteran wide receiver with the, you know, not veteran quarterback, but Kyle Allen's been around for a little bit. So hopefully that, you know, they can find a connection maybe a little quicker than the rookie can with the quarterback. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I, I think, um, again, you're really just trying to avoid these Texans options until we know uh, where they are at with this new quarterback. Uh, I had another question in the doc here that was Traylon Burks or these Texans wide receivers, but I think we know where you're going to go with that one. Yeah, I'm going Burks for sure this week, but I I am excited. I have Brandon Cooks in a league where I just I need wide receivers and there's just not really anyone out there worth dropping him for, so... Um, you know, hopefully he can kind of turn it around. Davis Mills coming into this year, you know, a lot of people had some high hopes for him, and he's, he really let down a lot of fantasy players. So if Kyle Allen can just come in and be, you know, 25% more than what Davis Mills was, then Brandon Cooks can definitely come back to uh, 
fantasy relevance. So if he's out there, I would definitely recommend stashing him this week and seeing what things look like with Kyle Allen. Cooks might be a decent tournament play this week. I think he has a chance to have a big game, but could dud pretty easily as well. So I think he's just a high-risk, high-reward play. On the Miami side, uh, this is pretty easy. We're starting Tua. We're starting Jeff Wilson. Uh, Even Raheem Mostert, I would call a back-end RB2. Um, Do you have any pushback on Mostert? I I just think that this game script really lines up well for these backs, so I would be starting both of them pretty confidently. Yeah, you nailed it right there. Uh, This should be a game where they're probably up by, you know, a couple scores pretty quickly, so that's where I think Mostert's going to get his work in. We'll see, though. I will say rest of the season, I'm not super high on Mostert, but for this week, you if you need to play a running back and you have Mostert, I think he's a fine option. Both the wide receivers are in Hill and Waddle, and then Gesicki uh, is that classic touchdown or bust guy. Uh, this profiles as a decent week for him just because, uh, obviously, the you know Miami Dolphins have 30 implied points in this one, so lots of touchdowns to go around. Would you rather start Gesicki or Juwan Johnson against the Niners? Oh, man, I was going to go Jawan Johnson easily, and then you said the Niners. Um, Yeah, I think that kind of puts them on the same level there. So just because I do think this is going to be a game where the score gets ran up, I'll go with Mike Gusecki and hope that he catches maybe a touchdown or two this week in the soft matchup. But um, I I say that, but I would not drop Jawan Johnson to go pick up Mike Gusecki for the one-week play unless you absolutely need to get a win. I think Jawan Johnson's probably going to have a little more value, uh, you know, post this week. It's just that's a really tough matchup with the 49ers. Yeah, well said there. I think I would agree in principle. Uh, Gasicki this week, but Jawan Johnson the rest of the season. Uh, Bears at the Jets is our next game. The Jets favored by six points at home, uh, over under only 39 points. Uh, that is the biggest tell for me that Justin Fields will not be playing in this game. Uh, so with that on the Bears side, we're looking at Trevor Simeon as the starter most likely with the information we have right now. So I'm going to move forward as if that is the case. Obviously, Trevor Simeon himself is not in consideration for fantasy. David Montgomery, it's a pretty big blow to his value with no fields. He might see a few extra targets. I think that's the one silver lining, uh, but he will struggle with efficiency as well as entire offense. So I'd call him a back-end uh, RB2 just Nick? because of the volume, but Justin, uh, definitely tough to see Fields go down and most likely be out this weekend. Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet are the two that might actually see some uptick in value just because the pass attempts will go up. Uh, obviously, Simeon's going to have to take to the air more than uh, you know Fields was because he is not going to run the ball, so Mooney and Komet could benefit from that, but... Uh, I would wait to see it under Simeon again uh, in a really tough matchup here, probably being shadowed by Amont Gardner. So I, I think Mooney is a pretty big avoid this week. I would probably pivot to a guy like Brandon Cooks over him myself, Cody. Uh, how are you feeling about Mooney? Uh, looks like we might have lost Cody here for a minute. So while he gets back into the lobby, I will uh, go ahead and finish out this game for us. Not a ton of options we're incredibly excited about anyway. So I think Darnell Mooney is a back-end option. And we are, again, trying to pivot away from him until we see it under Trevor Simeon. And then Cole Komet, similar story. He's a back-end TD or bust tight end guy. I'd probably go to a Mike Kosicki or a Jawan Johnson over him until we see it with um, uh, Trevor Simeon as the quarterback. And then on the Jets side, Kind of a similar story. We're pivoting to a new guy. That's Mike White. Hopefully a competent quarterback in Jets land for these wide receivers. Uh, We will see how it plays out, though. Uh, We do know one thing about Mike White, and that is that he loves to target his running backs. So I'm actually pretty high on Michael Carter moving forward and this week. 
think that's the one thing from Mike White's sample size that we can be pretty confident in is that he will be uh, targeting the running backs. Um, so Michael Carter is in as a back-end RB2. I would probably start him over David Montgomery in the same game as a uh, half PPR or full PPR play. And non, I would Bill Monty. But uh, for Carter, he should see quite the uptick in value with Mike White under center. Garrett Wilson is the guy that I'm very interested in on the Jets side. Not this week, unfortunately, even though this is a soft matchup against a bad Bears secondary, but you just kind of have to see how this target share plays out with Mike White under center. Hopefully he can provide, again, a little bit more stability than uh, Zach Wilson was offering. So could be good for Garrett Wilson's value, but we just don't know enough yet to, uh, to say that Mike White has never played with Garrett Wilson. Ty Conklin, low-end streamer. I'd probably play him over Cole Komet in the same game, but again, another guy that we're just hoping to see it with the new quarterback before we uh, we trust him. Baltimore at Jacksonville is our next game. Uh, Baltimore favored by four points in this one. Over-under is 43-and-a-half. Uh... Baltimore, on the Baltimore side, we're going to go Lamar Jackson. He really needs to show us something this week uh, from the quarterback position. Uh, I think him versus Tom Brady is a pretty interesting discussion to have. Uh, I would probably still lean Jackson, but not sure uh, how I feel about this one long term. I really want uh, Lamar to, again, show me something against a weak Jacksonville defense, but it's been a rough go of it of late for Lamar Jackson. Uh, Kenyon Drake is the guy we're starting out of the backfield. I don't think Gus Edwards is going to play this week from what I've seen so far. Did not practice on Wednesday, so you got to check on Gus's availability. If he's in, I'm probably just sitting every Baltimore running back, but Kenyon Drake is the guy that we will start if it's uh, if it's no Gus, right? Gus Edwards. And then Demarcus Robinson, uh, the star from last week's show against the Carolina Panthers. Hoping I have better options. I don't want to trust that one-week sample size, especially especially from a guy that's been there before. It's not like this is a young player that's on the rise. More of a stash to hope uh, and see if that target share holds. So I'd probably be pivoting down to, again, a, a Brandon Cooks type over-trusting Demarcus Robinson. Probably have Robinson over the guys we talked about in the previous game, though. Uh, the Darnell Mooney and the Garrett Wilson level. I would start Demarcus Robinson over them. Mark Andrews, obviously, in your lineup. Hopefully, he continues to get healthier, and that should help uh, Lamar Jackson as well. On the Jacksonville side, it's a little bit more of a rough go here. This Baltimore defense has been very good, especially of late, uh, and Trevor Lawrence will have some tough sledding because of it. More of a 2QB play this week. Don't think we're relying on him in any one quarterback situation. Travis Etienne is in. Uh, he has a very tough matchup, but his workload is just too heavy to pivot away from him. I'll be very impressed if he shows out against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Daryl Henderson signing, I think, is is worth uh, getting into a little bit here. I'm not incredibly worried about the Henderson signing. I think if you take you know six to eight touches off of ETN's plate, that might actually just help him long-term value-wise. So I'm not incredibly worried about uh, ETN and his outlook, even with Henderson in the fold. So I think you can be pretty safe in uh, in your shares of Travis ETN, even with that signing. The wide receivers have a tough matchup as well. Uh, that's Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. These guys have been pretty matchup dependent too. So uh, I'd call Kirk a back-end wide receiver too because he's been good lately. So hard to pivot away from him. But again, just kind of manage your expectations with these guys. They have been very matchup dependent, and this is not a good one. Zay Jones is the guy that I would be trying to get away from uh, in this matchup. I'd probably even pivot to a Demarcus Robinson on the other side over Zay Jones. 
Evan Ingram, he's good enough to stream, never good enough to roster. He's your perennial pick-up-and-play tight end. Uh, and again, this week, uh, not a great matchup, so not one that I am looking to uh, to get after this week. I'd probably play him over a Hayden Hurst in that Tennessee matchup, but I would pivot to Gasicki over Evan Ingram if, uh, if I was forced into that decision. Not somebody I'm excited to start this week. Cody, uh, I believe you have re-entered the fray here. I just uh, ran through the Baltimore-Jacksonville game. Uh, I think one thing I want to get your opinion on is the, uh, the Daryl Henderson signing. I don't know if you saw this, but... He signed with the Jaguars. Do you have any opinion mm -hmm. on how that affects ETN's value? Um, I don't think it's going to do too much for you know for the next few weeks. I think this is something that can definitely affect him uh, once the fantasy playoffs come around and Daryl Henderson gets more worked in. Um, I don't think that he will necessarily take you know a lot of carries away or even the valuable carries, but he will get worked in at least somewhat. Um, Daryl Henderson's at least a you know, a quality NFL running back, so you're not going to pick him up, just, uh, you know, stash him on the back end of your bench. But, you know, ETN's also kind of a slider guy. Like I said, I call him the Slim Reaper just because he kind of looks pretty slight out there compared to just about everybody else. So maybe a little less workload of Christian McCaffrey situation. You know, if he gets five, six less carries but stays healthy and looks good for the rest of the year, I'll take it. Uh, but fantasy value-wise, like I don't think Henderson's going to have fantasy value the rest of the season. I think he's just going to maybe slightly take away from ETN's uh, high end. Uh, yeah, I, I, my opinion on it was basically that uh, I think taking a few touches away from ETN every game is most likely going to be a good thing for him long-term. We've seen a pretty heavy workload for him these past few weeks, so could help him in that regard. Yep, I did... Uh... I did see something here, and I'm just—I don't mean to backtrack on you guys, so uh, we can just hit this and then move on. But I saw you had Carter or uh, Michael Carter or David Montgomery in the same matchup with the uh, Jets and Chicago game. What side would you take I went with on Michael that? Carter? I really like uh, his prospects with Mike White under center. Likes to heavily target uh, the the running backs there, so I think he should have a good go of it with uh, with Mike White under center. And again, Trevor Simeon worries me on the Chicago side. I think they could completely dud on offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that play as well. Cody, so. my throat is a well, little cool. sore, so go through. ahead and take over for me here. Atlanta at Washington is our next game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was looking through. I don't think there's anything else I want to hit on on those games. So uh, let's go ahead. Atlanta at Washington. Washington favored by 4.5. Over-under is only 40.5 in this game. Let's start on the Atlanta side. Marcus Mariota, um, he's a streaming option, but I think I'm looking other uh, other ways in this tougher matchup. Washington has been extremely good against the run the past couple of weeks, and um, I know Mariota, you know, from the quarterback position, running is a little bit different, but that is where he kind of gets his streaming value. So even if that's taken away by 50%, I'd be concerned with Mariota, um, and you know, his throwing ability isn't that great. So. Um, this could be one that if Washington's beating up on Atlanta, we may even get a Desmond Ritter spotting or sighting. So I, I I would try and avoid it if if at all possible. Um, the running back situation here for me, Patterson's the guy. Um, Algier is a very low end flex option for me, mostly just a handcuff piece in this matchup. Um, and even with it being a tough matchup, I do think Patterson gets a slight downgrade, probably more of a back end wide or running back two in my mind, but definitely should be started in most leagues. Um, 
you have anything about Mariota or the running back option? Yeah, I think we're trying to avoid him this week. It's uh, it's just been really tough sledding for running backs, especially against Washington recently. So I uh, I am not excited to start Patterson and then Algier, like you said, more of a, a back-end flex, if that, especially in this tough matchup. Yep. Uh, the wide receiver room, uh, Drake London, you know, may get some more target uh, targets now that Kyle Pitts is going to be out for the rest of the season. But with that being said, that could be, you know, one to two more targets in this offense. So I think that he still remains as a boom bust um, just due to low overall volume. But if you are someone who had been stashing Drake London, kind of held him through all the down weeks, then, you know, you, you, you may see it pay off for you at least a little bit but as long as Mariota's back there and they're playing you know in an average to above average defense it's going to be hard for me to trust yeah you got to see it first before you can be confident putting him in your lineup but could lead to some more opportunities yeah and like I mentioned Kyle Pitts out for the rest of the season so his uh disastrous tight end season is has come to a close you do no longer have to worry about starting him if you had him rostered so on the Washington side, quarterback Taylor Heineke. Um, I actually don't mind streaming, streaming him this week. Um, two you know, rough port performances for fantasy back-to-back, but he should be able to put something together against this Atlanta defense. Um, you know, I, I'm playing him over Mariota, um, but probably behind you know some of the other higher-end streaming options. He's kind of more of a, a desperation quarterback option if you, uh, you know, have someone that you know like a kyler murray that you if something bad comes out or something like that but uh the running back rooms here antonio gibson brian robinson um, i'm still on the gibson side of things here especially in any kind of ppr format uh brian robinson has been getting some volume the only issue is he just does not get targets and there's no guarantee that he gets the you know the valuable touches in the red zone so um, I think he's a lower-end running back, and in non in full or half PPR, I mean, he's a almost a handcuff piece to Antonio Gibson. I just I don't have a lot of confidence starting him in any kind of PPR format. I don't know if you have much of a differing opinion on that. I know we've kind of been on the same page with Brian Robinson, but you know we saw what it what could happen last week. I think in you know PPR leagues he put up five point nine points, so. You don't want to get that out of your run. Yeah, last week spot. was pretty concerning, uh, especially because Gibson got more of the run. So just to know that that's a possibility is a big uh, detriment to Brian Robinson's value. He kind of relies on that volume. On that volume, and if he's not going to get, you know, sixty to sixty-five percent of the carries, then uh, he's just not going to be playable. Really, even in non-PPR, uh, I think you're just hoping that he falls into the end zone and gets just 60 yards and you know if that's what you're hoping for then uh that's that's just not a lot of upside yep i i agree with you there for sure and then the wide receiver room here uh terry mclaurin i think is a solid wide receiver two option and a solid option this week against atlanta um the other two guys here uh curtis samuel uh, Johan Dotson. I, I'll probably like Samuel just slightly more than Dotson this week. And like I said, Dotson probably rest of season, but not too high on either of these guys unless Carson Wentz were to come back. Which you know, only re- only way that's happening is they lose. They start to lose, and Heineke has a couple bad performances at this point. So um, really, I want McLaurin and no one, no no one else in this receiving room. Uh, if you're a good team and you have Samuel or Dotson, I would. You know, it's tough to drop them because they've been getting a little bit of volume, but I, I wouldn't worry about rostering these guys unless you 
are desperate and you have to play them. I, I just don't see a lot of upside in them for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think Dotson only in keeper or dynasty situations. Obviously, you're hanging on to him. But, um, yeah, otherwise, Terry McLaurin is the guy as long as Taylor Heineke is under center. So I would agree. I'm pretty much just looking his way from the Washington pass catcher uh, point of view. Yep, absolutely. Let's go ahead and move on to Denver at Carolina. Denver favored by two points over under a whopping 36. So, you know, they are projecting that both teams get to right around 18 points in this 36. game. Oh, so, Russell Wilson. That's outstanding. Yeah, rough. Uh, Russell Wilson here. Um, if you're rolling with Russ, look at other options. There's no reason why he should be played. Um, even in two QB leagues, if you don't have a third guy on your roster, I guess you may get you may be stuck with him. But I, it's hard to trust him in any kind of uh, format or league at this point. He's been an utter disaster. The running back uh, room has kind of diminished down to Latavius Murray. I think he's an RB2 level play now that he is the only guy. Only issue is the Carolina defense is pretty solid, and I just don't know if this Broncos offense is going to get moving the ball up and down the field, you know, if at all. So um, I I do have kind of back-end RB2 confidence, but the potential of the entire offense busting and Latavius Murray just not being able to get any of those valuable touches is a possibility. So... Um, you know, I, I, I feel good about him this week, but there's always that cause for concern. Um, do you have anything about Russ or Latavius Murray? Any different? Uh, yeah, opinion? no, Russ, we're definitely avoiding at all costs. Latavius back in RB2, like you said. Let me get you a little temperature check on Latavius Murray. Would you rather start him or uh, Deonta Foreman in the same game? I think I have to go Murray. That Denver defense just scares me a little bit. And then uh, Latavius Murray or Rashad White from the Buccaneers. Let's say Fournette plays. I think if Fournette plays, I think I'm probably still going Rashad White. I just I I see a lot of upside for him right now. Um, So that's probably more of just uh, I'm on the Rashad White bandwagon right now. So I I I see a lot of potential in him getting you know some good fantasy value. So. Like I said, with Latavius Murray, I do have some confidence in him, but there's just that chance that this offense completely bust and he just doesn't get any of those red zone carries. And then the wide receiver room here, uh, and I'll just kind of lump in all three pass catchers, uh, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Greg Dulcich. Again, tough matchup, low over under. Um, is it fair to say with, you know, no bye weeks, unless you're in, you know, injury purgatory, you could probably look to sit all three of these options. Um, Dulcich maybe just slightly ahead of the TD or bus group at tight end, but, you know, kind of falling into there. And then, you know, Sutton and Judy, they, they take away from each other more than they complement each other in this, you know, lower volume offense. So, Again, just guys that are going to be tough to trust. If you have a good roster, you know, if your trade deadline hasn't already passed, these are guys I'd probably try and, you know, dump and try and get someone a little bit more consistent. Yeah, Dulcich, I think, is the only guy that I'd have even, uh, you know, a little bit of confidence in. He's just been getting all the snaps. And again, he plays a premium position that is hard to come by at this point in the year. He's a young guy, should be on the rise to some degree. So. Dulcich is the only one that I would have uh, some confidence in playing. Uh, you know, I'd play him above the guys we talked about earlier, like Cole Komet, Hayden Hurst, um, even Jawan Johnson later on in the show here. But, uh, yeah, I think Greg Dulcich is the only guy I am okay starting. The Sutton and Judy I'm trying to sit uh, if I can. Yep, for sure. And in the Carolina side, I think this will be pretty easy. Uh, quarterback Sam Darnold, maybe better than Baker Mayfield, probably not. We'll see what happens. 
Running back Deontay Foreman. You got a tough matchup. If it's a must-win week for you, I'm probably going to try and pivot off of pit, uh, off of Foreman. I think that um, you know if you're in any kind of half or full PPR, some of the backer back end you know wide receiver options, you know volume options may be better plays this week. It's just Foreman's going to get some carries. It's just you know this Denver Broncos defense shut down Derrick Henry a few weeks ago. They've been really good at shutting down the running back um, the running back position. So. I just I don't have a lot of confidence playing Deontay Foreman, and if you're in a must-win, uh, he's a very scary play for me. A very high bust. Yeah, potential. we've seen his floor, and it is uh, very low. So he's going to need a touchdown and probably even a big carry on top of that to really come through for you in fantasy. So uh, he's an okay play from a volume standpoint, but like you said, I think he's on the back end of these uh, you know lower end RB two volume plays that we've talked about so far behind the uh, the David Montgomerys, uh, Michael Carter's, and Latavius Murray's of the world. For sure. Yep. Uh, and then DJ Moore here, he's a boom bust wide receiver three slash flex option. You know what he is at this point. You know, if you have him in your lineup, you're just hoping for a big play and or a touchdown. So um, tough, tough to rely on him. But, you know, if you are in a, you know, in a league where you have to, you know what he is. Yeah, at unless this your point. name is Devontae Adams, uh, you're sitting your guys against uh, against Pat Sertan. That is my, you know, philosophy in general, especially with Sam Darnold throwing you the ball. So uh, DJ Moore has tough sledding this week. Yeah. Yeah, and Devontae Adams did have that game-winning touchdown also. So, like, he, the, I mean, he, he would have still had a good game against Pat Sertan without that second touchdown. But, I mean, even without that, Pat Sertan did very well against probably one of the best yeah, receivers. I, so yeah, I sometimes matchups there. just play themselves out. Some guys just just do well against uh, certain players. Seems like Devonte Adams to this point uh, has you know just has Pat Sertan's number. He's a young guy. I'm sure he'll get better, but he's shown out against pretty much everybody else. So. Uh, I would not be worried about him long term. Uh, I want to play a quick game of DJ Moore or with you uh, just so I can get you to, right. t- to say DJ Moore before this show is out. Would you rather play DJ Moore or Brandon Cooks? I'm going to go Brandon Cooks, but those are both very ugly plays. DJ Moore or Drake London? Um, Atlanta is Washington. playing... Washington. Uh, I think you might have just done it. I'll go DJ Moore and hope that Sam Darnold, you know, can bring some kind of life into this offense. I just, as someone who has had Drake London on just a deep league roster all season long, he's just not a guy that I I have enjoyed, uh, you know, having on my bench. So I think I'll go DJ Moore over Drake London. At least I'm this satisfied. Week. We can move on. Uh, you had to say DJ Moore one time. That's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Again, I will always start DJ Moore over Demir Demir Bird. So ever, that's that's always you know worst, say, worst I, case scenario. I run through five or six names and I, I can't find one. Then I'll, I'm just going to pivot to Demir Bird next time. But we found one pretty quickly that time. Yeah. For sure. All right. Let's go ahead. Uh, Chargers at the Cardinals. The Chargers are favored by three. Over under forty eight. Uh, pretty solid over under there for the fantasy matchup. Uh, Justin Herbert, you're playing him. Weapons are starting to get healthy, and it's a pretty solid matchup overall. So Justin Herbert should be locked in your lineup. Austin Eckler, you're starting him absolutely. Uh, the wide receiver room is, you know, probably deserves a little bit of discussion, but I think it's pretty easy if Williams sits. Uh, if Mike Williams is out, I would play Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer with pretty yep. solid confidence. 
Uh, even if Mike Williams comes back, actually, I think I'm sticking with Palmer and Allen because big guy with an ankle injury, uh, hard to imagine that you know it doesn't flare up at any point unless he's 100% healthy. So again, probably won't play anyway. So Allen and Palmer are the two guys you're looking at as of uh, you know Thursday morning. Yeah, I, I would be very surprised if Mike Williams plays this week uh, a week after aggravating a high ankle sprain. Doesn't make much sense for the Chargers to force him back out there, especially when Palmer has looked good. Yep, and then Gerald Everett, uh, still a streamable tight end if he plays, but um, I'm making other plans to be safe. Uh, he has he's kind of disappointed in that stretch where he thought he'd be really good for fantasy football, so I, I just kind of soured a little bit on Gerald Everett, maybe maybe a little bit more down on him than, than the consensus is. Yeah, I think I'd like to see it uh, from him before I put him back out there. I uh, haven't really gotten much on his injury situation, um, but a lot of the sites... Uh, he did not yeah, a lot of the sites Wednesday. I've been looking at are not even ranking him. So I would expect him to sit this week. And even if he plays, uh, I'm trying to pivot off of him just because uh, this it seems like this injury is uh, a little bit more serious than maybe we thought when it uh, originally happened. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the Arizona side here, uh, looks like, like you said, in our news and notes portion, Kyler looks like he will be starting. So... Uh, even with limited running, I think he's still a startable, you know, fantasy football quarterback. Obviously, that that very high end is going to be, you know, taken down a couple notches if he isn't running very much. But he's still a wonderful thrower of the football, so I'm going to trust him in this matchup. On um, the running back, James Conner, he's a really good RB two option, probably a higher end RB two. So he's locked and loaded in your lineup. And then this uh, this wide receiver room, again, another one I thought that was going to be a little bit tricky, but I feel like it's kind of playing out pretty simply here. Uh, D-Hop is a lock. He's going to be in your lineup no matter what. And then Brown and Moore are the interesting ones. Brown did not practice on Wednesday and said if he does play, and Cliff Kingsbury said if he does play, he will be on a snap count. Um, so I think just, you know, Marquise Brown is nothing more than a desperation play and probably should not be started in the fantasy lineups this week. And then if um, if Rondell Moore plays, I'm playing him. You know, as long as he's out there, and as long as there's not any news of a snap count coming out about him or anything like that. So, um, yeah, if D Hop is in, if Moore plays, he's in, and I'm looking to sit Brown because of the snap count. Yeah, I think that's a uh, a good way to put it there. Uh, from what I've seen on Rondell Moore, I would not expect him to play this week. He did see set out practice on Wednesday. Uh, a lot of the sites that I use have him projected for zero already. They usually try to make that pivot later in the week uh, when it's looking bad for a player. So gotcha. I would say it's unlikely he plays this weekend. It's pretty much just D-hop. And then if you want to pivot to uh, Greg Dortch, I actually think he's a decent play in PBR formats. Yep. That slot role in Arizona has been extremely valuable all year long, and he will occupy it if Randall Moore sits. Especially if Kyler's not moving and he exactly. just has to look for that mm-hmm. slot option, you know, close to the line of scrimmage where Ron Delmore kind of, you know, was his bread and butter. So, yeah, Greg Dortch is actually a great option to pivot to this week. Um, I'm actually going to hit on that real quick. Would you play if, if bro, you know, Brown's on a snap count, Ron Delmore misses, would you play Greg Dortch or Paris Campbell? Give me on Greg Monday Dortch night? and a full PBR. I guess they're both kind of PBR plays. So I'll, full yeah, PBR. Either. No matter what, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Greg Dortch just because they both kind of, you know, they get their chops from catching a lot of passes, uh, you know, so they're both valuable, more valuable in PPR, but I, I'd go Greg Dorch. Yeah, and I like I, this I game script there. quite a bit. Um, and then, yeah, absolutely. And then Trey McBride, uh, the injury news, I may be actually a little bit more excited about him. He's still 
you know, not a guy I want to trust if it's, you know, if it's a league where I have to win. Um, but, you know, with the injuries and, you know, the targets have to go somewhere, especially if they are uh, down in this game. So if, if you have the stones to play Trey McBride, it may pay off for you. But I, I think he's still just a hold for me at this point. Maybe a stash if you are, you know, streaming the streaming those lower end tight end options. Yeah, I think uh, if, you know, Rondo Moore sits and Brown is limited, then McBride might see a few extra targets and uh, he could be an interesting guy uh, to possibly be a starter for you the rest of the season. So I think there are worse, you know, guys to pivot to in this situation, but would not be putting my hopes on Trey McBride. If uh, if Moore sits and Brown is limited, then I'd probably put him, you know, right in the middle of those touchdown or bust guys, probably ahead of the Cole Komets and, um, you know, the uh, the Mike Kosicki's, but behind the rest of the guys. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move over to Las Vegas at Seattle. Uh, Seattle is favored by three and a half over under 47 and a half. Uh, so again, another pretty solid over under. Uh, first guy, Derek Carr. I think he's a streamable option, but he'd be very, you know, on the lower end of the streaming options. The Seattle defense, uh, people kind of thought it was going to be bad coming into the season, but it's really rounding out um, their rookie corner. Tyre, uh, I believe Tyreek yep. Woolen is just an interception machine, so uh, I would not be surprised if Derek Carr throws him one in this game. Uh, you know, for people streaming the tight or the quarterback position, would you rather play, you know, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo against? Oh, give me, give me Derek Carr. I like this game script a lot. I think this should be a lot of points. Okay, perfect. And then uh, one more. I feel like I, I'm gonna go two more because I think I know where you're going with this one pretty easily. Derek Carr or Kirk Derek Cousins? Carr. Yep. Yeah. Sorry if you're listening to this after Thursday, but Derek Carr anyway. Uh, and then last one, Derek Carr or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, give me Derek Baltimore. Carr in that one as well. All right. Yeah, Derek Carr solidly in that streaming tier. So if you are uh, weak at quarterback or playing any of those guys we just mentioned, go get yourself some Derek Carr. Uh, running back, Josh Jacobs, you're playing the wide receiver room. You know, Devontae Adams, you're playing. Matt Collins is a very desperation play in deep league, so I think we can kind of avoid – Yep. Talking about him. And then the tight end position, Foster Moreau, tight end, or <laughs> I do that every time. Touchdown or bust level tight end. Um, not a guy that I would be, you know, putting in my lineup still at this point, but just the limit, you know, limited pass catchers in what should be a higher scoring game. Uh, you know, Foster Moreau may actually get himself a couple extra targets. So if you are, you know, looking at that tight out, touchdown or bust category, uh, he he definitely is someone that you yeah, can Yeah, Seattle consider. actually a very, very good matchup for tight ends. So I think he would move up that touchdown that or bust true. tight end uh, list a little higher than normal. So I'm playing him over the Cole Komet range. I'm playing him over Juwan Johnson, playing him over Hayden Hurst. But uh, he's going to be below all the guys that generate, uh, you know, volume on their own, like Higby, Dulcich, um, probably even play Trey McBride over him. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the uh, Seattle side here, um, pretty easy also. Uh, Geno Smith, definitely streamable with the soft matchup. Um, I think he, you know, is in for a good game this week, so I think he's a fine streamer. Uh, Kenneth Walker, you're starting him for sure. And then both the wide receivers, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, they're locked in this week against the soft <laughs> matchup. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, rest of season, just to touch on these two guys, cause they don't really get brought up too much in any of our trade talks that we've gone through. Um, you know, 
I just you ha- is Geno Smith going to keep maintaining this level of play for the entire season? Like, just how often like has it ever happened in the NFL where just someone who was getting bounced around from team to team ends up you know becoming a starter at thirty and has a good career? It's just at some point I think this has to come back to earth a little bit. So. Metcalf and Lockett are definitely trade away guys for me. If your trade window is still open, I just relying on these guys and Geno Smith, you know, may pay off for you. I may be completely wrong, but I just feel like there has to be a correction coming at some point with Geno. Yeah, uh, I don't really disagree with your general point there. I mean, Geno has looked pretty good this year, but you'd figure that at some point the shoe is going to drop. The matchups are a little up and down. Uh, Looking at the slate here at the Rams versus the Panthers versus the Niners uh, at KC at the versus the Jets. So a little up and down on the matchups there. I don't mind trading these guys away. I don't think they're going to be league winners for you. Yeah. Um, But like I said, for this week, basically all four of them are good, good fantasy options for you. So, and then they're tied in room. They just still have too many options there and they don't, uh, you know, condense their targets to nope. one guy. So not really any good tight end options. Uh, let's go ahead and go to uh, Los Angeles Rams at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City favored by 15 and a half. The over under is 43. That basically means you don't want to play any Rams this week. <laughs> that is, they are not giving them very many, uh, very many points with that spread and over under. Uh, Bryce Perkins is a wait and see for me. Um, he should have a high rushing upside. I mean, when he's been brought into game so far this year, it's basically just for quarterback designed runs. So, I mean, he may have some rushing ability and their running backs aren't very effective. So maybe the quarterback can get some running ability there, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think there's any shot you're playing Bryce Perkins, even in a two QB league this week. I don't right think Nick? so. But like you said, uh, worth a stash in a two QB setting just because of his rushing ability. If they can unlock something with this Rams offense, uh, it's very easy to you know generate points from the quarterback position when you have 70 or 80 rushing yards as your baseline. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the running back room here, obviously we mentioned Daryl Henderson was waived, picked up by the Jags. So, I guess there's a little bit more clarity now. Um, I think Akers would be the desperation play this week if you have to, you know, find someone to put in a flex spot. And Kyron is still the guy, you know, that you can hold. But I still maintain that, you know, even if Kyron ends up becoming the number one guy here, you know, he might end up being the number one guy in the worst offense in the NFL. So I don't know if that really has too much value. We'd have to really see him get a lot of volume probably, which doesn't seem like they're going that way with them so you know if you want to hold on to Kyron and hope he breaks out I don't blame you but I think I'd rather you know I would drop Kyron Williams to go pick up my RB1's backup or something like that as opposed to stashing him rest of season yeah you pretty much nailed it there just not a ton of upside with these guys with the way this offense is rolling right now probably uh worth a stash uh both of them just to see if Maybe the you know the rushing quarterback can unlock something with the running game here, but uh, you know just have, they haven't shown us really anything to to make us believe yet this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the wide receiver room here, nope. Allen Robinson, and I'm just going to lump Tyler Higby in there as well. You know, it's hard to rely on a guy who has Bryce Perkins yep. throwing him the football. Uh, the only issue there is Tyler Higby is a tight end, and the tight end landscape is rough. So, I mean, if there's one pass catcher you're going to play, it's going to be Higby, and it's base. 100% on position. So um, even Higby, you know, he, he is going to be a part of the offense. It's just, it's again, hard for me to trust. I guess 
I think you mentioned it earlier. Are you still starting Higby over all the you know touchdown or bust guys that we have mentioned? Oh so far? man, I'm not sure if I am. Honestly, that's a that's a tough one for me. Uh, I I really like to see it with Perkins before yeah, I'm I'd... confident. I think there's you know usually with the 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 positive with Higby is you know you're getting five or six targets and you know you're going to have four or five catches. So that's your baseline. But I'm not sure that baseline exists anymore. So I think I would pivot to you know the higher end touchdown or bust guys we talked about Foster Moreau. Um, maybe even a, a Cole Komet over Tyler Higby this week. Yeah, I actually even I dropped Tyler Higby in a league to go uh, to go pick up a uh, you know like another running back Don't or something like that because I just this offense like I said this offense may end up being the worst offense in the NFL by uh, the time the season rolls around or the end of the season rolls around but let's go ahead and get over to the KC side a uh, couple of interesting discussions here Pat Mahomes Travis Kelsey we'll get those two out of the way you're starting them um, Isaiah Pacheco I, I still maintain him that he's really a non-PPR option I don't believe he's gotten a single target in the past two weeks and those were both games where Pat was slinging the ball around so um, I just I do not like him in PPR formats I um you know he's the RB one for the Chiefs, which I think says enough. So I think I'm. Uh, I don't know. I I don't. I it's just tough for me because he is an R. You know, running back one. But if it, if you're in a PPR setting, I just don't know how you trust Pacheco. You know, even this week. You know, if you have some other PPR options, you can pivot to. I, I think I'd consider it. It's just in non PPR, he's an okay play, but he's he's just tough to rely on. Who are you me. playing in a full PPR setting? Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon? Yeah, like I in a full PPR setting, I I would say McKinnon, but I, he only got one target last week as well. So they just weren't targeting the running backs at all. Um, I mean, I guess I'd play Pacheco just because I know he's going to get the rushing volume. But you know, like I said, in a in a PPR league, like Jerick McKinnon's pretty close to him. I mean, if they have to start passing to the running back, which may not happen too much in this game, so maybe just. You know, Pacheco maybe gets a bump up this week because this should be a blowout where he's running the ball a lot. But, you know, in a standard game where, you know, it's a good competitive game, I would take McKinnon probably over Pacheco just about every week. But this week's a little bit different with the matchup. Yeah, I actually like McKinnon a little bit rest of season just because I think that uh, that pass-catching baseline should be there in tougher matchups. Yeah, absolutely. I'd yeah, Pacheco's just tough for me because he's an RB1. He gets the volume, but when you just get absolutely no targets, it is hard for anyone to be able to rely on you in any kind of yep. PPR format. Uh, the wide receiver rooms, the wide receiver room here. Uh, if Juju plays, I'm putting him in my lineup for sure. Um, I think he will play. Like you said, he was a full participant on Wednesday, so it seems like he will be out there. Um, if both were to sit, you know, Sky Moore, it becomes a. It becomes an option. I think if Juju and Kelsey are out there, Sky Moore becomes more of a desperation play still in my mind. I know he kind of got involved last week, but you know, from week one through ten, he had seven targets and he had five, uh, or maybe seven receptions. He had five last week, so maybe they're looking to start to use him a little bit more. Maybe it was more of just you know, middle of the game. Tony goes out. You're just kind of stuck using, you know. You know, have to kind of come up with a couple different things on the fly. So I don't know. Do you have any faith in Sky Moore? Like, is there any situation where you're playing him this if Juju week? If Juju sits, I would not mind it. But uh, again, yeah, they, they just 
might not have to throw the ball that much against this Rams team this weekend. So I think Sky Moore more of a stash candidate. Hopefully he can emerge as the uh, the back half of the year here plays out. But yeah, he's going to need this uh, this wide receiver room to stay injured if he you know is going to be relevant. Just a lot of mouths to feed when uh, when everybody's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And if he starts to get worked in, now we're looking at exactly. five wide receivers yep. that you are basically yeah. having to pick between. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but you have Kadarius Tony. I mean, he's you know he's probably not going to stay healthy the rest of the year if you had to. Yeah, bet definitely worth so. the stash. There's, there's definitely the some injuries in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. And like I said, tight end Travis Kelsey. Make sure he is in your lineup for sure. Let's go ahead and go out to San Francisco for New Orleans at San Francisco. San Francisco's favored by 9.5, over under 43. Uh, Start on the New Orleans side here, quarterback Andy Dalton, no thank you. Uh, Running back Alvin Kamara and wide receiver Chris Olave, I believe, are uh, lineup locks. I think that, uh, you know, Olave has shown even in tough matchups that he is the wide receiver one on this team. So. He's, uh, he's in there for me for sure, even though it is the tough matchup. And I think the tight ends are really the only thing worth discussing here on New Orleans. Um, I think both are playable. The matchup does make it you know tough. So maybe you know you don't want to play Jawan Johnson, but Taysom Hill was starting to get a little bit more work playing at the quarterback position last week. Um, you know, a little bit of taking advantage of fantasy football there, but if he's going to get, you know, five, six, seven snaps at quarterback, I will play him at my tight end position pretty comfortably. It's just when he starts getting, you know, only one or two snaps behind center, Taysom Hill becomes a bus candidate every week. So I like Taysom Hill this week. Um, if he is getting in that, you know, quarterback's role a little bit more. And like I said, Jawan Johnson's playable. I think he's just a little bit risky this week with the matchup. Yeah, the matchup does scare me off of Jawan as well. I like the involvement he's had. So moving into future weeks, I think we are looking at a uh, you know potential high end streamer back end starter type. And then Taysom Hill, like you said, I like the like the way they worked him in last week. He played quite a bit, got to throw the ball a few times, ran it nine times. So if you can see that sort of involvement every week, he's going to be a solid tight end play. But uh, you know, I need to see it a couple weeks in a row to believe that that is a consistent part of this offense. They've just kind of fluctuated in between giving him nine carries and giving him two or three. I see no reason that that couldn't happen in this game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Are you are you putting Taysom Hill out there over Cole Komet? I probably would with uh, Trevor Simeon as the quarterback. If it's Justin Fields, I have a little more confidence in that yeah. offense. I'd play uh, Cole Komet, but I'll probably play Taysom Hill over Jawan Johnson in this matchup just because uh, I just I don't want to I don't want to have to throw on this San Francisco secondary. If Taysom Hill's going to get guaranteed touches, then I think he's a little bit of a safer play. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. I I have. I asked you because obviously I have Cole Komet and Taysom Hill, but I think I was going Taysom Hill either way there. You'd have to have made a really good argument for Cole Komet. Yeah, if it's so. Trevor Simeon, I, uh, I think don't I'm, have I'm right any there confidence with you. that he has uh, any sort of floor. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, let's go ahead and move over to the San Francisco side here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, definitely streamable this week. It is a softer matchup. Um, the only issue with Jimmy Garoppolo is he could have – you know, the 49ers could run away with this game and absolutely dominate, and he end up with 202 touchdowns. So that's always a Jimmy G possibility. You know, that's what you get when you're looking at streaming quarterbacks. So uh, soft matchup, great option this week. We saw him. I mean, I think he was probably the streaming quarterback of the week last week, throwing four touchdowns. So that is a possibility, but there's always the chance that the 49ers just run the football as much as possible, and Jimmy G just 
isn't as necessary. So we'll see how it plays out. I think he should have a good week this week. He's definitely a really good streaming option. Do you have anything differing? Yeah, on with Jimmy no G, buys, though? I think you're probably avoiding Garoppolo, like you said. Just does not have a ton of upside. Obviously, last week had the four touchdowns, but that's basically the only way he's going to bolt himself into the upper echelon of uh, fantasy starters is a huge touchdown outlier game. Just, uh, you know, like you said, 202 is basically Garoppolo's standard, and I think with no buys, you can probably find a better option. Yeah, all right. And we are on the same page with that then. Uh, running back room here, CMC and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, CMC, obviously a lineup lock, no question there. Uh, Mitchell is a flexible option in non-PPR and probably a low-end flex option in PPR leagues. Again, just he's going to get the carries, but he's just not going to get the targets or the uh, involvement in the receiving game. So just in you know, similar to Isaiah Pacheco, even though you're getting the volume on the rushing side, just in PPR leagues, I would need to have a PPR upside for you. So, um, but like I said, if you're in a non-PPR league, I think Mitchell is a fine, flexible option. He gets enough carries in a good offense to be relevant. Yeah, you're looking to play him in weeks where the 49ers are favored uh, by a decent spread, which this game uh, profiles as. So, uh, I think yeah, I think that Isaiah Pacheco comp is a pretty good one. Probably just a little bit of a lower level version of Isaiah Pacheco, just because he's not the main back in his offense. Yep, absolutely. And then the uh, wide receivers here, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You're starting both. Ayuk is still somewhat boom-bust for me. I know he's coming off a pretty good week last week, getting the two uh, two touchdowns, but that was also on his only two targets of the game. So, like I said in the recap, you know, if that happens at the 40-yard line as opposed to in the end zone, you're, you know, questioning Brandon Ayuk. But, uh, you know, riding that hot wave, again, just – uh, just a little bit of hesitation from me, at least with Brandon Ayuk. It just it's a low volume, not a low volume passing offense, but they don't want they don't want to have to throw the ball. You know, they don't want Jimmy Garoppolo throwing for four touchdowns. You know, Kyle Shanahan would rather see CMC run in four touchdowns if he had the absolute choice of it. So I still think he's boom bust. I, I just don't have a, a whole lot of faith in trusting him, but. He has been good up at the up to this point and should be started. And then I'll just lump in George Kittle. You're playing him this week, obviously. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk's really hard to sit. He's wide receiver 16 on the year. He's been top 10 three of the past five weeks, and his involvement has just been there. Uh, I think the like you said that at some point the shoe is going to drop. There's just too many options in this offense for all of them to come through every week. So I think there is going to be a dud somewhere in here. But this offense is really good you want pieces of it so if three out of four you know do their thing then uh you have a pretty good chance of having a good game from whoever you're starting yep exactly and then on the uh on to green bay at philadelphia philadelphia favored by six and a half over under 46 and a half uh aaron Rodgers back in streamer in this matchup i don't think that either of us like him uh probably too much against this philadelphia defense just the way that we've kind of talked about christian watson throughout um, but I'll lump in real quick. Aaron Jones, definitely a potential, you know, dud game incoming. He has had a couple solid games back to back. So just always finds a way to fit a dud in there somewhere. Um, but you can't you can't sit Aaron Jones unless you're just in an extremely shallow league. So he's locked and loaded for you. Um, and then, uh, again, just going to throw it out there. You should not be starting A.J. Dillon. If you are, get him out of your lineup. There's just zero yeah. reason to. Um, and then the wide receivers, just to knock them out real quick. I know this is probably where our discussion is going to be. Um, you know, I, I do like Christian Watson probably just slightly more than Alan Lazard. He's been the red zone guy. He's been, 
um, you know, getting his involvement. But Lazard was, you know, two slightly better passes away from having a pretty solid game last week. So he may be the volume guy in the offense. So um, I, I think they're very, very similar. I think I'm if I have to play one or the other, it's probably going to be Christian Watson and just bank on um, you know, him finding a way into the end zone. But like I said earlier in the pod, you know, there's probably a correction coming at some point for Christian Watson. You don't get, I think, is he had eight catches in the past two weeks with five touchdowns? Like, those numbers aren't going to maintain forever. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's why I would be going Alan Lazard. The targets have been more consistent. And I think in this matchup with Philadelphia, I don't want to be relying on a touchdown, which is kind of what you're doing with Christian Watson in my mind. So. Uh, I'll take the guaranteed targets in Lazard, but neither one of them I am necessarily uh, excited to play. Yeah, and you you have it noted here, so I'm actually going to throw it back to you. Would you play the Green Bay wide receivers or the Indianapolis wide receivers? Um, I think I'm going to go Lazard, then I'm going to go Michael Pittman, and then I'm going to go Christian Watson, and then I'll go Campbell at the back end. But all four of these uh, profile pretty similarly, honestly. Yeah, I they are they are all very similar. Wide receiver um, threes. I guess yeah, Pittman. Yeah, Pittman. You know, probably still has a little bit of the higher upside. I don't know why. I have a really good feeling about Paris Campbell this week. I think Matt Ryan's gonna have to be getting that ball out extremely quick with T.J. Watt. You know, coming at him. So Paris Campbell. You know, quick quick pass Trust guy for him. So I, I I don't know. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm putting him in there over a couple other guys in in one of my leagues. So. Again, just a little bit of a gut call there, but I just I could see him having a pretty solid week. Maybe, you know, if you have a good lineup, don't put him in there over, you know, a locked and loaded guy, but definitely a DFS play as well, I think. I think he's he's due for a, a solid performance. And then Robert Tanyan, I think he fits in that tight end or bust, <laughs> touchdown or bust tight end category. It's no, never going to stop. Now it's just yeah, locked into say, my head. So, um, I think the matchup probably scares me off of him a little bit. I probably am looking at the other touchdown or bust options. Yeah, same here. I, I, there's not much chance I'm considering Tunyon. Seems like he's kind of been phased out of the offense in favor of Watson. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then real quick for Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts and the uh, wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, are all locked in. Um, as long as Goddard's out, then Devontae Smith kind of moves right into that second yep. pass catcher role. So. Uh, you'd love to see that. And then Miles Sanders, the only one here with a quick discussion. Um, he is a guy you have to be careful about playing. Uh, if they're not in a run-heavy game script, then he just gets phased out. He's not a pass-catching option at the running back position. So um, they are on a really good offense and a really good running offense. So I think that he still maintains some value. But, you know, if you're in a must-win game and he has a tough matchup in the next, you know, couple of weeks, maybe a guy that you have to look to sit. But... Uh, I think for this week in particular, he should be locked and loaded. Yeah, this matchup's too good to set him in. But, yeah, like you said, we probably have to have a discussion about him moving forward. Seems like he might be a little more matchup dependent than we thought he might be earlier this year. Absolutely. And then last but not least, Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh uh, Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. Indies favored by two and a half over under of 39 so a nice low scoring uh primetime football game for us thank you nfl we appreciate <laughs> that uh for starting on pittsburgh here quarterback kenny pickett uh he is a two qb league play uh but just a low level one at that um i think he's starting to somewhat round into what he is going to be this year and Probably if you were stashing him in two QB leagues, I don't really think that's necessary, but he can be a low-end pivot option if you need to. 
Um, Najee Harris, um, you know, as, as we pointed out in our recap of Week 11, the Jalen Warren injury is pretty big. Um, you know, he, Najee Harris should be getting 20-plus touches a game. So at that, at that point, he should be a locked and loaded running back in your lineup. Just a little bit concerning because we have seen games where he, you know, gets those touches but just can't do anything with them. But, you know, last week was it was good to see. I think he, he needed a game like that just to kind of, you know, get the monster off his back and just kind of get back into what he was doing more of last year. Yeah, I mean, the pass catching is the biggest thing. It helps his baseline quite a bit, especially in PPR formats. So uh, I think that you're going to see some more low-efficiency games, not expecting him to have uh, – you know, four and a half yards per carry like he has the past two weeks. But even if he does not do that, if he's catching five passes and getting 15 plus carries, he's going to be, uh, you know, have a really high floor for you. If he falls into the end zone, he'll be a good play. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then the wide receivers here, I think Nick and I are on the same page. Pickens as a wide receiver three. Um, limited upside, I think, just due to quarterback play overall. But I think he is you know, becoming the wide receiver one for this team. And then we are both avoiding Deontay Johnson. This is, I think this is an easy way for me to put it. Um, and this is obviously scoring format dependent. If, you, if your opponent is completely done and you have everybody completed except for one roster spot and you have Deontay Johnson and you needed 15 full PPR points, you would feel like you probably lost. And I don't want like if I don't want to have to be playing a guy that if I need 15 points on Monday, I don't feel like he can get it for me. So, um, you know, again, kind of a roundabout way of telling you there, just avoid Deontay Johnson if possible. Yeah, it's just a production just hasn't been there. Seems like the offense is finally starting to adjust as well. Targets uh, have only been at five each of the last two weeks. Uh, and you know, it just seems like the Steelers are kind of trying to, to do other things because it just has not been working going to Deontay so far this year. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, Pat Fryermuth, he he is the, um, I mean, yeah, he's the guy at tight end here. I think that, uh, you know, uh, r- right after the locked and loaded starters, like the must-start guys, Pat Fryermuth would be, you know, right on the verge of that and, you know, the number one guy after them. He is a solid starter for basically just about every week moving forward. Now that Claypool's gone, he's getting a lot of targets. And, you know, just Kenny Pickett in general is targeting Pat Fryermuth more than any of the receivers. So, um, I think he in PPR and non-PPR, he's a really good option. Yeah, for sure. Pat Fryermuth is a uh, solid starter at the tight end position now since Claypool left. His role has been very encouraging. Yep, absolutely. And then let's go ahead and touch on Indianapolis to round it out here. Uh, quarterback Matt Ryan, Nick has a note here. He would play Kenny Pickett over him in a 2QB league, so that's all you have to know about Matt Ryan. Um, running back Jonathan Taylor, he's a must start. And these wide receivers, you know, maybe a short discussion here on them. Both probably wide receiver three level plays, like we mentioned. Um, you know, I think Nick, you probably like Michael Pittman Jr. slightly more than Paris Campbell. I'm up probably on the other side of that coin this week. I think I'd, I would bet on Paris Campbell outscoring Michael Pittman in a full PPR format if that's what you're in. So. Again, I just think it's going to be one where Matt Ryan's going to get pressured really fast, and he's going to have to get rid of that ball really fast, and Paris Campbell seems to be the guy he goes to in those situations. So, again, I could be completely wrong, and Michael Pittman could have the big game. You really don't know when you're playing with this level of wide receiver. But, you know, this week, Colin, gut shot. I think Paris Campbell has a, has a good game. All right, we'll put that on the books, and I'll be sure to flame you for it if he uh, duds on us. But 
I I was uh, kind of in this in the same boat last week where I you know kind of had Pittman and Campbell pretty close to each other. Don't see a ton of difference between these two. Pittman just has a slightly more you know slightly more big play potential in my head and has a little bit more of the draft capital. So should be a more explosive wide receiver, but don't see a ton of difference here. They're both going to get seven eight targets most likely, and uh, either one of them has a chance to score. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that will wrap it up here for us. I forgot to plug it in at the beginning, but we will be doing a Best Bets podcast most likely this week. We're going to both enjoy the weekend, uh, holiday weekend with some family and such. So uh, we will be putting out, you know, the normal social media posts. So there will not be a podcast you can listen to, but, you know, we'll, we'll post them Sunday morning, maybe Saturday night. If, if Nick gets them over to me and I have the time Saturday night, I'll get that posted and then, if you have any questions or want some explanations on why we like a certain game, again, hit us up on social. We'd be happy to help you out and interact that way. But, uh, Nick, do you have any other any other things to bring up or anything like that before we Don't get out of here? I think so, bud. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to everyone listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We will uh, talk to you again soon. Have a good weekend, uh, everybody. Yep, absolutely. Have a good weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you dominate in fantasy this week and hope all your bets hit. Peace out, everybody.